Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Today on the podcast, we're continuing our season 11 subject on how to read the Bible. And today I have my friend Shauna with me, Shauna Asbell. Hey, Overcoming Monday listeners. Mm-hmm. Today we're covering specifically the topic of why biblical interpretation matters. I'll say it again, why biblical interpretation matters. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think when we talk about the Bible, words like interpretation and context and all that sound really heady, but they have labels for reasons um, because they're the best words to describe what it is that we're doing. Um, But before we actually move into our subject, I want to remind all of you that we're also recording this for a video resource. Um, And so it won't just be recorded on this podcast It will also be available on video, and so I want to announce to you that Clayton King Ministries will soon launch a resource website, and you can visit it at ckmresources.com. There will also be, in addition to the podcast, companion videos, um, some resources that you can read, but for now, you can go to ckmresources.com. Um, and be alerted to the official launch date. So I'm so excited about this. Shauna, you're yeah. actually working in our office right now a little bit. Are you excited about yes, this? This is like one of the most exciting things just to offer people more information, more ways to learn, and just to be involved in the ministry. And, you know, it's just really exciting, mm-hmm. exciting times. So will you just take a minute and let our listeners know who you are and kind of what you do, I guess, in your life and what you love and all those things? Yeah. So I um, am a mom of three. I think that's my biggest job that I do. Um, I have a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And um, I just adore them and love being a mom. I also um, am married to Mark, and he is wonderful and great and a godly man. And so I am very blessed and highly favored in that aspect. And um, I also enjoy working out and dance parties and hanging out with friends. So, um, but I also really enjoy this topic that we're about to cover today. Mm -hmm. Just, um, talking with friends about the Bible and learning more and more and more because there's so much more to learn. Mm -hmm. I know Shauna and I, if we go somewhere together, usually if I want to dance, you'll dance with me. So I, that's (laughs) right. I love that about you because I don't feel like my husband's not going to be the one to just get up and say, hey, let's dance. But I can look at you and I can say, hey, let's do that. And and you're there with me. That's right. Um, Today we are talking about specifically correct Bible interpretation and why it matters. And I think the word correct is huge um, because... Many times the Bible gets interpreted incorrectly and it has side effects that are terrible. And I confess in the last episode that a lot of people ask me, how do you read the Bible? And I feel like I'm backed into a corner because I'm in a crowd or there's other people waiting to talk to me. And my quick answer is just start reading and God will speak to you. And I don't think that that's 
necessarily bad advice. Right. I think we should all feel like we can pick up the Bible and learn to read it. But I think when we read it, we need to understand that um, the way we interpret it is very important because we're trying to receive a word from God, but it's coming through other people who wrote it. And there's so many elements that can skew our perspective. So I've been intimidated by the Bible before and reading the Bible. Have you ever felt intimidated? (laughs) Um, For sure. So for me, even, you know, talking about doing this podcast felt a little bit like, I don't know enough, Mm -hmm. you know, to even talk about this. But, um, you know, I feel like there are times in conversations with people who may know more than me mm-hmm. or actually do know more than yeah. me. And they're talking about big words, you know, like Torah and Pentateuch and all these mm-hmm. big words. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. But what I've learned is just to swallow my pride and be mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that means. And mm-hmm. then in that moment, the person that is talking to me who has more wisdom than me has the ability to pour into me and share you know, what they know that I don't know, Mm -hmm. um, or go find out, take that word and go search and find out what that means. And so, yes, I have been intimidated. I have had to swallow pride many times Mm -hmm. and be like, I don't know, help me. Me too. I think that sometimes when we don't know something, or at least this is what I do. I want to act like I know it. And I'm like, yeah, I know that, but I don't really know it. Maybe I've heard a phrase or a word multiple times and then I think because I've heard the phrase or word, I know it, Yes, but I don't really know it. I haven't researched it. I haven't tried to figure out what certain things mean. And maybe it just takes a lot of humility for that. Yeah, I relate. And I feel like as a Christian, you expect yourself to know these things because you are a Christian. So it's almost like you became a Christian, so you should know the Bible That's because right. you see, we're supposed yeah. to believe the Bible. Yeah. But there's a lot of things in the Bible. It's huge. It's a stinking huge book. It is. And um, you're not new to Christianity. I mean, you grew up. Tell tell yeah, about your family. I, I mean, my dad is a pastor. My gra- Both of my grandfathers were mm-hmm. pastors. So I grew up in the church, like cut teeth on the pew, church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I, I, I know the word of God, but knowing the word of God and understanding the word of God um, and all its context is very different. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and pulling out a verse for my needs, you know, what I need, mm-hmm. I need this from the Lord. So I'm going to claim this verse, but not know any other part of the verses around it or mm-hmm. the context of the scripture. Um, I've just learned how valuable in the last, I mean, really, you know, I'm like 40 and I've just learned this in like seriously in the last five years of how important the whole context of mm-hmm. historical, you know, things and um, biblical, the, the whole context around all the verses, what it means, pulling mm-hmm. it out and not just for what I need, but what it actually means right. to the people that it's written to in the time. Yeah, which is what we're talking about today. And um, so I'll just say this again. I've been in seminary recently, and one of my favorite professors, when he started the class, the first thing he said is, I've been teaching for 36 years, and I'm always, the more I learn, the less I realize how much I know about the Bible. I love that so much. I do too. And I believe that we're going to be learning art for all eternity. So we shouldn't be intimidated by the fact that we don't know things. Hopefully we could humble ourselves and say to someone who's speaking to us, I don't really understand that. Can you explain that a little bit more to me? Or where did you get that? Or where did you hear that? So Shauna and I are going to talk about 
After the break, we're going to kind of get into some um, just well-known movements that happened where scripture was taken out of context. But for now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. Crossroads Summer Camp has been providing an exceptional summer camp experience to students and their leaders since 1996. Held in Anderson, South Carolina, Crossroads aims not only to be the most fun week of the summer, but our primary goal is to create an environment for each camper to be seen, known, and have a life-changing encounter with God. We bring in dynamic speakers, including Clayton and Shari, great worship leaders, and a huge selection of activities for any teenager in your student ministry. So head to CrossroadsSummerCamp.com to learn more and register your group. See you this summer. All right, Overcoming Monday listeners, thank you so much for being here for the second episode in this season of How to Read the Bible. My friend Shauna Asbell is here with me. Hey, friend. Yep. And we're talking about how to correctly interpret scripture and why that matters. Um, right now, Shauna and I are going to talk about some of the outcomes and this world have su- has suffered from misinterpretation. And yes. one of them, um, I'll just start off, Shauna, is anti-Semitism. Yeah. So um, in case you don't know what anti-Semitism is, it's, it's basically being against the Jewish people or the mm-hmm. Jewish, Jewish nation. And actually, this started, in case you guys don't know, this started early in biblical times when there was a separation because believers in Christ who were Jewish mm-hmm. couldn't quite resolve um, and uh, come to reconciliation with believers in Christ who were Gentiles. Yes. They had some of them had very different takes on the Bible, and um, and if you go back and you research it, you'll understand why. But the Gentiles were some of them were saying we don't really need the Old Testament any, anymore, right. and we don't need all the Judaism stuff. And the Jews are like, how can you throw this away? Because they saw the Messiah as a fulfillment of yes. all of the Old Testament. So they had very different viewpoints. And um, it created this giant chasm between the two groups. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was um, many Gentile Christians were using some of the verses in Scripture to um, say that the Jews were being used of Satan or were demonic or just not not on par with the yep. Gentile Christians. And so that's where the root began, but it has continued. It has. Like with Hitler. Yeah. Um, and in World War II. Yes. Um, and even today, there's an example of this where um, in Philadelphia, there was a shooting at a synagogue, um, just a mass shooting, and that's anti-Semitism. So you would think that it would be gone, but right. it, people have actually used scripture to support their um, anti-Semitism, which yeah. is saddening. Yeah, and it's gone back. I mean, that's biblical times, and it's gone back even, you know, Middle Ages and um, even... Um, in European history with the Crusades and even when we founded our country mm-hmm. um, and, and people, the people who were founding it, you know, just twisting scripture to fit the narrative of what they wanted the people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so pulling out a verse and saying, this is what the Bible says mm-hmm. and this is how we're going to do it and causing rift and people not understanding, you know, what the Bible actually says and then falling in line with these leaders who mm-hmm. are, you know, causing major catastrophes Mm -hmm. because of the word of God is misinterpreted. It's skewed, you know? Mm -hmm. And the leaders, um, specifically, if you look at the crusades and colonialism, you have a lot of 
kings and and even very dominating churches that have political influence yes. deciding that they want to spread the kingdom of God and so they take it they take almost this something that's supposed to be spiritual the kingdom of God is supposed to be something that's lived out not commanded and killed right. and and built in an earthly way yes. which is what Jesus was trying to say hello yes. that's not the kind of messiah i am but then in history we have you know um the crusades where people are going and killing and saying, unless you are a Christian, you die. Yes. Um, or colonialism where they're taking over a continent and saying this, this continent will be Christian mm-hmm. or else, you know? Yes. So that's a misinterpretation of, of an understanding of the kingdom of God. Right. You and, know? And when we look at Jesus life, his life is not lived that way. He doesn't twist anybody's arm or mm-hmm. force anybody, you know, he gives us a choice. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that we look at the character of God mm-hmm. as we walk through interpreting scripture. Exactly. Yeah. So when we take on a mandate, yes. Um, are, were they not maybe living out what the Jewish people at that time thought mm-hmm. that the Messiah would be, but Jesus is saying, I'm not. So that right. should have been, <laughs> yeah. the fact that Jesus did not do yeah. that should have been an understanding that we, uh, we take as people or even slavery. Slavery is one of the most terrible, uh, scars on American history. Yes isn't it? Yeah, it's it's horrific. Mm-hmm. And so many people in the South um, used the Bible to propagate slavery um, and also to be in support of a civil war that mm-hmm. killed tons of people in our nation. Yeah. You know, and those were the earthly influences, um, not to mention some of the spiritual uh, costs that people had from some of this stuff. Yeah, just reconciling like... Um, if people who believe and preach the Bible do this, mm-hmm. you know, how does that equate to the character of God and trying mm-hmm. to reconcile that because it's such an atrocity, you know? Yep. It's so crazy how sometimes it can just, you, if you don't understand the full narrative of scripture, you just take one verse or one passage and you, you can make it say what you want it to say to support what it is that you believe. And I love this quote. Um, it's from Dr. Basil Jackson. Um, this is kind of, it's mm-hmm. kind of cute, but it's kind of sad. He said, wonderful things in the Bible I see. Most of them put there by you and me. Man, it's such <laughs> truth, though. I mean, I, you know, going back to earlier stages of my life where I'm pick, cherry picking mm-hmm. what I want for my life for the Bible to say for me in the situation and not contextually understanding it, mm-hmm. you know, and just like claiming things and believing, standing on promises that I think are promises that weren't, mm-hmm. you know, and then being disappointed when. It didn't work out. Yeah. You said, you know, you said this, I'm holding you to it. Why aren't you doing it? That's right. (laughs) Well, maybe it wasn't the verse didn't exactly say what we either have been taught that it says. Right. Honestly, some of our misunderstandings have been given to us by godly people who misinterpreted themselves. That's right. So, um, so the, the dangers of misinterpretation are that they distort our understanding of God. Yes. And in effect, it distorts the world's understanding of God because then they look at us and they wonder, okay, so if that's a Christian and they believe that the Bible says this and that's how they're living it out, I don't want to love a God like that. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of sad. And then as a result, it can have a devastating, um, devastating earthly and eternal consequences. So 
we've given you a lot of consequence and a lot of reasons why a misinterpretation is wrong. Now we're going to move into biblical hermeneutics, which is basically just learning how to interpret correctly. Um, One of those big words. Yes. So hermeneutics, don't tune me out. Uh, (laughs) Let me tell you what hermeneutics is. So if you've ever sat in an English class and the teacher is like, let's read Shakespeare or let's read this kind of literature. And then she says to you, there are words you won't understand Um, They're writing in a culture that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And she starts telling you all the ways that you need to like, all the things you need to know in order to understand this poetry or this kind of this play or whatever. That's what hermeneutics is. It's grabbing understanding. It's knowing what what do I need to understand in order to read this correctly. So I like to say if I wrote a journal or I found a journal and I don't know whose journal it is and I find it in some house, and I just start going through that journal and finding things that I, sayings that I like or don't like. Yeah. If I don't know anything about that person, I may not understand why they're saying what they say. So true. You know? That's really good. So biblical hermeneutics is the same thing. And let me tell you the verse that we get it from. And, and it's going to be really fun right now because Shauna and I are going <laughs> to walk you through some active interpretation. Mm-hmm. So here is the verse that the word hermeneutics basically is based from. Luke 24, 27 says... Uh, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning, concerning himself in all the scriptures. Okay. So if I just, I'll read that verse again, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So let's just do this because this is a good thing to do. When you're reading scripture, yeah. act like you've never read it before. Yeah. So because I know, I know this, I know what this scripture is. I know this chapter and I know what they're talking about. I can probably tell you who's saying that, who's going, who's this scripture is referring to. But if I don't know it all, there are some questions that I'm going to have. So what are some of the questions that you would have if you never seen this verse ever before in your life, Shauna? Yeah. So I would want to know who is talking, mm-hmm. maybe even who wrote the book, mm-hmm. you know, that word reading the scripture out of mm-hmm. who's Moses, mm-hmm. who are the prophets, right? Who is interpreting and who is being interpreted to and what scriptures is his person referring to? Right. So it's saying them beginning with Moses. Well, if you don't know who Moses is yep, and you don't know who the prophets are, what, why does that mean anything to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he interpreted for them. Who's he? We don't know. You know, if we don't go further, we don't know. (laughs) Yes. And then he says, he tells them all the things about himself and all the scriptures. So which scriptures is he talking about? He's saying all, what is, what does this mean? So if we don't know any of the answers to this, would the next step that we need to do? So if we have a, we have a verse we like, yes. And we think we understand it. We may not unless we look at the verses around it. Yes. So first, if you're reading a scripture and you don't know, what's going on in that, grab a bigger chunk. Yeah. So we're going to grab that bigger chunk, and um, Sean is just going to read the bigger chunk to you right now. So get ready for context. Here we go. Luke 24, 1 through 27. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. 
Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to the rest, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only linen cloth. So he went away, amazed at what happened. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, I think this part's really funny, Mm -hmm. what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? Hello, have you read the newspaper today? (laughs) And then then this man replies, um, What things? What things? He asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was the prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us, went to the tomb, found just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, how foolish and slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all of scriptures. Right. So if you continue reading, you'll see that eventually Jesus reveals himself to these two disciples. So if we go back and we answer, let's return to the questions that we were talking about earlier, Shauna. So when we are looking at the scripture before, we're like, who is he? Who is it that these guys are talking to? That's right. And you realize that it's Jesus. It is. And Jesus has risen from the dead and he's walking beside them. Mm Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't know that unless we continued to read in context. We wouldn't know who it is that right. they're talking to. Um, and who is he speaking to? Yeah, he's speaking to two of the 11 disciples who were on their way to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I just think his way of talking to them is so funny. He's mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, no, he full, he knows fully well, but just the way he is so relational with mm-hmm. them and like asking them what are you talking about? Yes. And what does this mean? And, you know, it's just so funny to me. Like Jesus 
is just so sweet and how he knows it all, but he's like, I'm just, I want to engage in yes. a relationship with you. So he doesn't, I love that. he doesn't come up to him and he's like, Hey guys, you're confused. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Do you see me? I'm I am here. Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> and what, are, what, and they're so confused because of everything that's happened. Yeah. And that's why I went to the beginning of the story. What confused them yeah. was that Jesus didn't do what they thought he would do. Right. That he died. Yeah. And and they're in deep grief, like clouding yes. their minds a little bit of like, we thought that our expectation was this and it didn't happen. Yeah. And, and so now we're left with this. And that very day, they're all gathered together. All the disciples are gathered together. The women go to the tomb. Yeah. The women see realize Jesus is raised from the dead, but the disciples are still confused because they think he's dead. They don't know whether to believe the women or not. Right. They don't know what's going on. And so these two guys aren't with everyone else, and right. they decide to travel to a place called Emmaus. Yes. And along the way, they're like, what happened? Why is why did Jesus die? Why would he do that? We thought he was the one yeah. that they were talking about. Yeah. And then they're arguing, it actually says. Yes. They're Discussing arguing about arguing. it. I Mm-hmm. When Jesus comes up, and the key is that beginning with Moses and all the prophet, prophets, he interprets for them the things concerning himself. Yeah. So now we know the context. Um, why is the person speaking, interpreting? Well, why is Jesus interpreting? Because he's the one that knows. Yes. And they don't, you know, he sees a need that they need interpretation. Yeah. They're not understanding even that he is there with them, you yes. know, in that moment. So he's like, we're going to, let's go back a little bit, yeah. you know? And how does, what does he use? He uses he the they, Old Testament. Yeah, he starts with Moses. To show them who he is. Mm-hmm. And he starts with Moses and he goes back through all the prophets and he, he's trying to show them what's just happened to make sense yes. of why they're confused because he was crucified and now he's resurrected, but they don't know whether to believe that or not. Right. Um, what I think is key also in this is there are many things that are referenced and even in this passage that if you don't know them, you should go back and research. So one thing is this passage doesn't actually explain who Moses is yeah. or which prophets that Jesus used yeah. to explain who he was. So here's a learning thing. Maybe you don't have time when you're reading the morning. If you're reading a passage in the morning mm-hmm. and you come upon that, you're like, well, what would Jesus have said? And why does Moses explain this? Make a note in your Bible. I need to go back and read that yeah, so that I know. Or you can ask someone to help you, you know, if that mm-hmm. seems too challenging for you. But don't just skip over things you don't know. Yeah. It's journeying through the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, picking things that, because you're never going to know it all. There's uh, this process is mm-hmm. always going to be forever, you know, picking those things out and saying, I am going to focus on this one thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to figure this one thing out because it's important to me mm-hmm. that I know, you know, who Moses is, who the prophets are and why Jesus is teaching them this. Why is this important? Mm-hmm. If it's important to Jesus and the people that he is, his disciples, mm-hmm. the revelation there, then it's probably important to me too. Right. And I think that sometimes the reason we don't do things like that, we don't treat, we're not like, I think we should look at scripture almost like we're the Sherlock Holmes of scripture. Yeah. So when we're reading it, instead of just assuming that God's going to reveal to us and tell us all the good things, you know, give us a good feeling, tell us what to do that day with the scripture we're reading. Instead, we need to approach it as I'm a studier. Yeah. And if I don't understand something, I need to look into it. And if I still can't find the answer, I need to ask someone. Yeah. 
And I think instead, sometimes we just um, skip over the things we don't understand in order to find something we like. Yes. And that actually robs us of the the true value of a, a complete passage. So That's good. what's really neat is if you just listen to us through that whole thing, you have learned what hermeneutics is. Yeah. It's basically looking at scripture and saying, how do I use scripture to interpret scripture? So in the beginning, we read one. We didn't know who people were. We don't know what it was referring to. So we read the entire passage to find the answers to that. That's right. You can find the answers. You're the Sherlock Holmes of scripture, you know? And so um, it's simply the art. Hermeneutics is simply the art of learning how to correctly grasp the meaning of scripture according to its original meaning in order to gain a correct means of application. So you can try to apply scripture, but unless you understand why it was said in the, the first time, yes. then you can't really totally apply it in a correct way to your life. That's right. So breaking it apart, uh, our hermeneutics, even that mm-hmm. big word, yeah. is not as intimidating as it you know can come off to mm-hmm. be. It is just simply asking yourself, some questions, and and like you said, being the Sherlock Holmes of the Bible, really digging in, starting with one thing. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like you're trying to, and you shouldn't. It's too much all mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, just one thing. I have a question about this. Let's go dig into that. Yeah, and for that, you can look. You know, find a study Bible. Um, even if you go on the computer, yeah. you can look at the Bible app. Yes. On the, I mean, uh, the. Bible. Yeah, you can look in the Bible app, but you can also look at Bible Hub. And so a lot of times if there's a scripture that you don't understand, they'll have on the right hand column other ones that you can look at to help you understand. So we have so many cheat sheets available to us on this computer thing that we have, you know. Um, So as we close today, I want to give you guys some practical steps. So we walked you through how to do a, how to do hermeneutics, how to explain scripture to yourself when you don't understand. As we close, I want to give you a few questions that you can ask yourself when you're reading the Bible. So the first one would be, I need to ask myself, who was writing this scripture? And sometimes that can be hard because some authors we know for sure wrote yeah. wrote this wrote this book or didn't write this book, but some things are culminations. Like, so the Pentateuch, the first five books of the of um, of Genesis of the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a culmination of oral tradition that was handed down and composed by groups of people who kept that history and accurately understood it. So yes. it doesn't have necessarily one author. Or the book of Joshua, it was written about Joshua, but but not by Joshua. Right. You know? That's right. So, but, but the context of knowing who wrote it and what time they wrote it will give you the ability to understand the scripture better. That's right. That's right on. What's another um, question, Shauna? Um, who are they writing it to? So, you know, this is something that I am still currently in the midst of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, who is this book written to? Mm-hmm. Not just this one verse, but the whole book mm-hmm. is generally written to an audience for a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, for teaching or rebuking or um, for sharing God's character. It, it, there is reason, you know, why this book is written to a specific person or people. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, I think it opens the lens 
from our narrowest, you know, perspective to a much broader perspective. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, that even goes into what was going on in that culture. Mm -hmm. Who's it written to? What was going on in the culture? Mm -hmm. So the Old Testament, if you're going to look at that, pretty much it's always going to be usually a Jewish author writing to a Jewish audience. And so you just need to know the time period and the situation. Um, When you go into the New Testament, it kind of changes. You have four men writing the gospels from different perspectives. So they're not only do they have, are they writing to different kinds of people like Matthew's writing to Jews. Luke is writing to, um, more of a Gentile audience, but his focus is on the poor, yes. like how Jesus loved the poor and cared about the poor. If you're into social justice, read yeah. Luke. That's yeah. the book for you. Um, John is very concerned with people knowing who God is. Yeah. So his perspective is all about, I want to tell you who God is in light of Jesus's story. And then um, Mark is just Let's read a super fast gospel that has lots of action. (laughs) And um, so if you're that kind of person that's like super black and white, Mark's the guy for you. He's just trying to get the story down to give you all the action and a very short amount of time. Yes. But um, and a lot of people believe that Peter was his eyewitness. Yeah. Um, whoever authored Mark, that Peter was the guy that he uses his main resource. So good, which would make sense, yeah, if, with it being an action gospel. So you can find these kind, this kind of information now in any study Bible. Usually, they have an introduction in the beginning where it kind of tells you this stuff, but we yeah. skip the intros. That's right, like historical. But we skip Just, it. I skipped it. Yeah, dive right into <laughs> chapter one, verse one. Yes, um, and then the next thing that we need to know is what does the author hope the audience will do or learn. And this is super important. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we're talking about, we just read Luke. So Luke is telling his gospel from the perspective of um, he's a physician. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about the poor and the sick, that Mm -hmm. he focuses a lot on that. So Mm -hmm. what would he want you to do with his writings? Mm -hmm. You know, he would want you to have compassion on these Mm -hmm. people, to understand these people, Mm -hmm. to see them from the lens that he is writing from. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's really important that we know, you know, who the audience is so that we can, and also the author, so we can see the perspective of which they're speaking to and with. I just think it's really important. Right. And so when you look at the gospel, sometimes you might say, why are some parables and stories in one gospel while they're not in another? And it's just because the author was trying to put value on a different um, perspective. So Jesus looks very different according to the different gospel writers, but it doesn't mean that he was that one is contradicting the other. It just means right. like, okay, so for today you have news reporters. Yeah. They're writing from different perspectives because they're trying to, to they have different audiences, yeah. you know, and it doesn't mean anyone's a lie. It just That's means right. that we are people with a certain perspective. And yeah. so when you look at the scripture, it's important to know what does the author hope the audience will do or learn from this the reason that's important is because that's what you're supposed to do or learn from it. So good. So instead of us deciding what we should, what we think we should do or learn from it, we need to know what is the author trying to get the audience to do or learn. And then we say, is that something I need to do or learn? That's right. We take it to the Lord. You know, we are, you know, he has created us all specifically for purpose, mm-hmm. on purpose, you mm-hmm. know, to to live these lives, to, to bring glory to him and to show the world his character. Mm -hmm. And so if we are reading with a perspective of selfishness Mm -hmm. and, you know, not asking these questions, then we're, we are missing 
something. And it's arrogance, I think, to, for us so. to say, no, I'm just going to find out my own meaning. That's right. <laughs> um, which brings me to, uh, we have three more things to ask ourselves. One is, okay, get ready for two more big words. <laughs> <laughs> what are my presuppositions and pre-understandings? So those are big words. I'm going to say them again, presuppositions and pre-understandings. These are life experiences, life circumstances, maybe belief systems or theologies that we've adopted for ourselves mm -hmm. over the years. So who is Shari King and what has formed who she is inside? That's right. Like, what do I believe and why do I believe it? So I probably have, I have invested in my family a lot because when I was a young girl, my family had so many like um, divorces and remarriages and stuff like that. My, one of my goals in life is to really invest in my family. So my presupposition and my background is like, that's my background. Yeah. When I read things about a father in the Bible, it's, it's been hard for me to learn who, what a good father is. Yes. So when I look at the Bible, I need to know Shari King is going to have a hard time with God being, um, seemingly harsh or disciplined. Yeah. That's going to be a hard lens for me to see him through. So my presupposition is, um, or my pre-understandings affect the way that I read scripture. So yours might be your family culture, mm -hmm. your background, maybe your church uh, denomination or the background teaching you've had. Um, your the things that experiences that you've had with not only your your authority figures, but friendships, even your belief in God and how He's treated you, your view of Christians. Um, Maybe your coaches, mm -hmm. uh, all of these things can influence uh, your life influences how you see scripture. What we're trying to say is that when we come to the Bible, we need to try as much as we can to have a clean slate when we're looking at what the author is saying and not push our agenda into the scripture. Yeah. So, I mean, we've heard the term emotional baggage yeah. or that sort of thing, and we we kind of have to strip everything down and say, okay, Lord, help me to process your word through a new lens, mm -hmm. not, you know, abuse or pain or suffering. All those things do factor into it. And I believe that he very mm -hmm. much speaks through his word to those things, but help me not to skew your word because of what I'm going through. Right. And so we have to... what. What I think happens is we don't want to know our presuppositions or pre-understandings because it's it it hurts. It does. And so, but if we if we define those, if I know what mine are, I can allow God to heal me That's of right. them. So I can see that the scriptures don't. Um, God is not gonna affirm an unhealthy understanding of a father. That's He's gonna right try on. to help me heal from that. Yes. So if I can know that that may be one of my lenses. I can, I can learn to read the scriptures better and say, just because I've had that experience, it doesn't mean that God's like that. Yeah. And so I have to see how God is so that I can learn to love God more. That's right. If I keep my presupposition, it keeps me separated from God. That's right. So that's one thing. Um, the next thing is, and this is related to it, am I letting the Bible speak for itself or making it say what I want it to say? Yep. I've never done that. <laughs> We've all totally done that. <laughs> I think uh, for me there are many proverbs that I have held. And I think one is, um, raise a child up in a way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. Well, mm -hmm. I have seen people who have raised their children up in the way they should go. 
and they have departed, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, I'm like, you know, I don't, this is a truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And when you, you know, when you back it down and you realize what Proverbs is about Mm -hmm. and who it's written to and who, you know, the purpose of the book, it's not necessarily a promise to claim Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you and I've talked about Mm -hmm. this and I think you're the one who actually taught this to me through your, you know, what you're learning Mm -hmm. is that it is giving your child the best chance mm-hmm. to know God and mm-hmm. know his character. It is not necessarily a name it and claim it verse. Right. And so I don't have to be disappointed, yeah. you know, when I see those things happen, that when people are, you know, when they're old, they are departing or or they're questioning and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know. yeah. So Proverbs, what Sean is talking about is, and we'll talk about this, uh, about this a little bit more in another episode, but I love that she brought it up. Proverbs is a wisdom book yeah, and it's a very extreme wisdom book. So yes. it's saying in an ideal world, yes, all the righteous people should have this experience and all the wicked people should have this experience. And it's very black and white yeah. throughout the whole entire book. But in, in our world, it is if you if you contrast it with say Ecclesiastes or Job, you realize not yes. all righteous people receive all of the blessings. And so Proverbs is trying to say these are wisdom yes. principles to live by, but they're not always promises that God that like God is held to. Yes. And that always play out in the world in which we live. And so we have to be very careful how we hold to certain things. Yes. So we'll talk about wisdom literature <laughs> later, but I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and then the last one is what are my motives? And this is another thing like presuppositions and motives and pre-understandings kind of go together, but am I mm. so I thought that was just funny. Clayton and I have spoken a lot of like dating stuff. Yeah. So sometimes we'll have students come up to us and just say, well, God told me this in scripture, so I'm dating this guy and I'm not going to break up with him, even (laughs) though our relationship is dot, 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 dot. I'm holding to this scripture and I'm like, I don't really know that that scripture was meant for dating, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or um, it was really funny. Clayton tells us a lot. He says um, uh, there was a guy who woke up every morning. He opened his Bible and one day he opened to the random verse that said um, uh, Judas hanged himself. And he's ah. like, oh, God, what does this mean? You know, I was just to go hang myself. He said, certainly this isn't for me. And so he turns the page and uh, he reads the next verse. What you're about to do, do it quickly. And it's kind of like <laughs> terrible. What were your motives in opening the Bible that day? Yeah. Were you just trying to get like get God to tell you what to do? Or were you really just trying to get to know who God is and thereby understand yourself better? Yeah, I think that what you're saying relationally is so key to God's word. Every book, every word is for us to relationally grow and know more about who he is. Mm -hmm. So if we just put our finger on a verse and think that God is speaking to us through that Mm -hmm. verse today, maybe he is. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. Most likely we're going to need to know a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, do and, and I've heard, you know, things that have challenged me are um, if you're going to talk about the Bible, if you're going to write about the Bible, you should probably read the whole Bible, mm-hmm. you know, not just pieces and parts, because the whole Bible is a whole picture mm-hmm. of God's character. Yeah. So good. So I hope that today, Shauna and I, in this discussion, all we've wanted to do is not scare you, not intimidate you, not... Um, I don't know, not be over your head. What we've wanted to do is just to say, 
why hermeneutics is important, why interpreting scripture correctly actually matters in not only in your life, but also in the life of the people around you. Yes. And actually in our world. Yeah. Because think about what if anti-Semitism had never happened? What if those ideas had never been propagated? Would Hitler have done what he did? You know? Yes. What if slavery, if somebody had said in the South, you'd had someone rise up and like come against slavery and said, no, this is not what the Bible says. Will we ever have a civil war? Man. You know? Yeah. So there are consequences to the way that we interpret and teach and put scripture out there. And I think that we just need to be careful that we're not trying to read the Bible for, but to get something out of it. If we're reading it to get to know who God is, it's going to change us. Yes. It just will. That is so um, true. But if we're just trying to just feel good and walk away... We may be kind of disappointed because there are some things in the Bible that are very convicting. Yeah. And sometimes confusing. (laughs) Yes, that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you don't feel intimidated anymore because um, I know that I have felt that way, but I think a posture of humility and just asking questions of yourself and others who know more, I think it's such a beautiful process of relationship with the Lord, but relationship with others too. Yep. Questions are so good, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we live in this world of perfection. Mm Mm-hmm. We cower when we don't know something. Yeah, man. Or pretend we know it. (laughs) I know. I want to get so much better at asking questions. I feel like you're a good friend for that. Like we can have discussions. I love questions. Yep. So find a friend like Shauna. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to borrow her, I might let you. (laughs) Um, But I want to thank you for um, for joining me, Shauna. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, And overcoming Monday, listeners, we hope you've discovered a little secret for your big breakthrough in. Bible reading. Uh, We have only covered two episodes now, but I believe they're so rich that your Bible study will grow dramatically if you apply these principles. Um, We live in a modern age where it's easy to assume that we know it all. Like just because we have a Bible on our desk, we think we know it. Mm -hmm. Or because we've heard a verse a few times, we think we know it. But there's so much we don't know. And Um, and we're hoping that this overcoming Monday series will help you to innocently approach the Bible with just some humility and childlike faith and be able to say, God, there's so much I don't know, but I don't want to be intimidated. I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn in a more, um, educated manner so that I don't distort your word. Thank you so much for being part of this episode. I look forward to you hearing some of the other episodes that we have in this season, and we hope we've given you something to overcome your Monday. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.